Get Pucked. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Get Pucked podcast. Vito, Dave, and Matt here. And as always, like to fire this off right at the front. Get it out the way. If you haven't already, please consider subscribing. Like the episode if you make it all the way through and you like what you hear. Uh, shoot a shoot a comment, of course. We're always open for comments. We've noticed that quite a few people have been leaving comments lately. They've been fantastic, so we really appreciate that. And uh, on that note, gents, let's dive into some hockey talk. Playoffs have been roaring on. There's been some really good games. There's been some blowouts. There's been some surprises. And so I guess really what I kind of want to talk to you just off the cuff here is who's the biggest surprise so far? What series has surprised you more than any others? And then perhaps maybe even what series, if you've been watching at all, uh, has been the most entertaining to you? Davide? All right, I'll start. Uh, obviously, the biggest surprise for me is Seattle. Uh, I didn't think they stood much of a chance against uh, Colorado uh, at all. And you you take that into a, you take into the fact that they lose Jared McCann, and and you know you take those goals off the off the board, and they somehow still win yesterday. So uh, last night, so it's quite a surprise for me. I didn't expect them to hang. I thought that they you know congratulations, you made it to your first playoffs. You're gonna win a game here, a game there, maybe, but. Uh, to have the, the defending Stanley Cup champs on the brink of elimination is, is quite something. And if we're looking at the most entertaining series, to me, I know it's not even it's not really close, but anything that happened in this series, it's going to be the Leafs and the, and the Lightning. I think that it has everything that you want in playoff hockey. It has some physicality. It has some, you know, there's been a suspension. Um, and you just have, you know, two incredible comebacks. And, and I mean, the games themselves, maybe... Uh, for 45 minutes kind of kind of suck but it's still uh, and it's been entertaining nonetheless and i think that that has the potential i mean it's still look it's never over until the leafs can win four so uh, it still has the potential to keep going so for me those are the two series that you know surprising and entertaining all right i'm surprised and i'm entertained by the toronto and tampa bay lightning series only because i thought it would be a lot closer than it being 3-1 3-1 right now for Toronto. But now it could either go the same route as it always has for Toronto where, you know, it, where we're going to be saying it was 3-1 and Tampa Bay comes back and, and beats them or this might be finally the end of the of the curse, the first round curse for the Leafs and they could move on. But uh, I could I could tell you this, Vasilevsky has not been very impressive this uh, this series. That's for sure. So for me, that's what I'm surprised about. I'm I'm, I'm enjoying the the Minnesota Dallas series, and as expected, the New York Rangers New Jersey series is pretty tight, and it's fun to watch. I think I think those are probably the right choices. I mean, I'm scanning through the the the, the games now. Admittedly, for West Coast games, I go to bed far too early to catch those, so I mostly catch the highlights. But from the highlights that I have been catching, Dallas Minnesota has apparently been just wild, wild fun. So that one obviously looks like um, I, Minnesota is better than I expected. I guess is, is where I'm surprised in that one. I am not surprised with the Seattle series. I thought they would give um, them a hard time, but to be actually ahead and on the brink of moving forward, that is a tiny bit surprising. But I definitely thought they'd give them a harder time than I think you guys did when we talked about this in the last episode. Um, oh, I called it a sweep. I think I called it a sweep. Or at the very I think, least, I think you might have called it. Yeah, yeah. I think you might have called it a sweep. You fool. So that's fun. Um, the Islanders stave off elimination which also i was like i thought that one was going to be you know they were going to be done so there's been a couple ones but yeah you got you got to tip your hat to to the toronto tampa series i mean it's kind of like when 
two villains fight each other, there's no real downside to the to the results. I mean, on one hand, it's like, okay, ta uh, Toronto might move forward, you know, first time 19 years, and everybody's sitting here being, oh, we like making fun of them, never get out of the first round. Okay. But then also on the same side, if they get knocked out, you get to make fun of them. Tampa moves forward, it's like expected, but if they get knocked out, well, you know, everybody's got a little axe to grind with Tampa in the past couple of years. So it's, ah, you got knocked out first round, and you're the team that the least beat to finally move forward. You'll never live that down either. So there's real no necessarily bad outcome of that series in my opinion so that's what's been a lot of fun and engaging that no matter who scores it's ah, ah, oh no matter God. what if, if tampa comes back from this 3-1 and were to beat the leafs Heads i would are gonna roll freak out. that's what's gonna happen <laughs> I think which i guess city... i guess at this point because it's 3-1 because of the way the series is positioned i want that to happen because that would be the most insane outcome um but yeah i mean i i certainly think if if anybody's a betting individual listening i mean not that i have any insight at all whatsoever but i would suspect that tampa is going to come out real strong next game uh which is uh, tonight in fact so uh the i think it's gonna be pretty wild the pressure is all on toronto right like they yes. if they don't win tonight which is uh you know game five okay then you have one game buffer before you get to that dreaded game seven it's just the city of toronto can't handle this anymore i'm telling you right now the city <laughs> I, I, will I, implode. It's I was just... saying this to matt the other day that like if tampa wins this game the seed of doubt will be planted in toronto oh, it's, it's gonna, gonna be so bad that. it's oh, gonna, it's gonna be so up. bad toronto has to bad. win this yeah. game tonight. game five yeah. is so important like a lot of people are like ah they have three games to close it out like no man they, they that's don't. not how that works it's not how, it's it not works. how that works no, especially sir. when when it comes to the Toronto Maple Leafs, and I think I I, I, I like my, again I'll go back to that meme of of the, in game one when they were getting routed and and Kyle Dubas was on his phone and someone put like a picture of like I'd like to go to teams that are not cursed and it's just it it sums up the Leafs like no matter how much talent no matter the right moves they make they just can't seem to get over this hurdle so today's game is going to be absolutely oh it's going to be a big huge. one. Yeah, I, yeah, I will yeah. I will give credit to Dubas that this, out of all the moves and trades he has made at the trade deadline to better his team, this was probably by far the best one in acquiring Ryan O'Reilly. You oh, can yeah. see how okay. he's, this he's, is the, his, yeah, man. There's a leadership thing. <laughs> he's the guy that they were trying to get from a leadership standpoint, uh, standpoint from the playoff pedigree that they're trying to get with Nick Foligno's and all the uh, Patrick Marlowe and all those types of acquisitions that they made in the past. This was the one, in my opinion, but for them. It's it's a big move, but just look at the it, this iteration of the Leafs. Like from the beginning of the season, from from the before season moves of that off season, all the way through the 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 season this year, and at the trade deadline. I mean, as much as I like to rip on the Leafs, and you know, at the end of the day, as a Habs fan, you you hope that they don't succeed too too much. Um, but I mean, they they've improved just about everywhere, just about. Mm -hmm. Their bottom six are, are are playing very well in the in, in the series. The, the Ryan O'Reilly acquisition was massive for them. Uh, Samsonov has probably been the best playoff goalie they've had now in years. So so that was always a massive point for them. Their defense is also. I mean, Mark Giordano is playing like a twenty year old. It's insane mm -hmm. where this guy has this in him at at forty or whatever he is. I mean, they brought in Luke Shen. I mean, he did really good moves. This is the best team that they've had so far to move forward. And if this team can't go over that mountain, I mean, 
I don't know what they do in Toronto. I really couldn't even begin to venture a guess. Yeah, and 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 it sucks for Kyle Dubas because if you look at it, he's done everything. Right. Everything. He's taking over <laughs> this team. Like, like all he has to do for he doesn't even have to submit a resume. He walks into a room and he just says, "Look at look at my top six. Look at my defensive core. Like, look at what." He started with remember the, the 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 biggest knock on the Leafs forever was their defensive core right oh they're never going to get any more than that and look what he's done you know you could you could question the Sandine trade all you want but he has made that he has six quality NHL defensemen on that uh, back there and then you look at the forwards I mean the top six is ridiculous and even the bottom six it's everything is well spread out you you can scratch Michael Bunting because. You have that luxury. You, you, there, there's no room for him in the, in, the, in the lineup right now when they're winning. I mean, I, I think it's probably not the best move in the world, but you could do it. You can he's afford so to do it and take the risk. Yeah, he's 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 like bunting. He's like he's like the 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 Bennington of forwards. It's just like you don't know what you're getting from moment to moment of this guy. Yeah, and I, I mean, like I hate that Chernak hit. Absolutely, I thought that that was absolutely dirty. Especially like they were going at it all game. Like, what do you think is going to happen to you when you when you hit somebody like that? It's it, yeah. it, I, I'm surprised he only got three games because it was very dirty. I and mean, he knocked Chernak out of that series, and it's it's absolutely wild. But, yeah, the, the, just to say, the Leafs, like, if Kyle Dubas doesn't win here or escape the first round, like, I, I think he just throws up his hands and says, I, I don't know what else to do. At this that's, point, that's, that's you fair. could not build a better team than what he built now. I, I, I honestly don't think there's any real fundamental flaws other than the fact that these guys might not have what it takes to go that extra gear in the playoffs. From a conversation standpoint and from content and the media, if they do lose the series, being up 3-1 a second time, my God, I think we would. everyone's going to be talking about this all summer. doesn't matter who gets drafted. It doesn't matter who gets traded. They're going to be talking about this all summer. At some point, you know what it is? At some point, because somebody, somebody made – I don't want to talk too, too much about the Leafs, of course, yeah. but somebody did mention this to me the other day, and I was kind of thinking about it, and, and – they're like, they hoped, the way that they phrased it was, they hoped the Leafs never achieve uh, success ever again. Like, as long as the franchise exists, let them never get out of the first round. Yeah. So I laughed and I said, well, obviously that's not going to happen. And they go, well, why? If they, if they, would you cheer for them? I said, I'm not going to cheer for them. But at some point, at you some start point, feeling bad. <laughs> it's like the guys on the ground, you know, and they're just they're just beating him over and over and over again. It's like just stop. You know that that Simpsons means stop. He's already dead. <laughs> like that thing. Like that's kind of almost where we're at now. And and having a franchise and 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 the Leafs the Leafs have a big pull, man. They got lots of fans everywhere. It's a big team. You you almost want to see them succeed a little bit because then the then the hope and the fire is back in that franchise. And then, then when they start to climb and they get closer and closer to the goal and they don't achieve it, then when they drop, you can be like, ah, yes, you, they built up and now you fall again, right? So you kind of want a little bit of success because otherwise it's like perennial, like, oh, the Leafs, whatever, man, they're, they're nothing. You, you want a little bit something there. You don't just want them to be a season juggernaut. Um, admittedly, to Vito's point, as a final thought on this, it would be just chef's kiss. If somehow Tampa ends up coming back and beats them three straight games, if but if there's any team in the NHL that could probably do it, given the roster they have, is Tampa. Mm -hmm. Well, Vasilevsky needs to start. I don't know being Vasilevsky, and they need to go find the real one and replace him with this imposter that's currently in net that somehow just is a very, very meh goalie, and he's admitting it too, right? So I don't know. It's just one of those things. 
you know, what 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 more can you say? They're out there, they're playing. I think it's gone to two overtimes in the series. Mm-hmm. There was two blow up and two overtimes. Yep. Uh, yep. So so it's tight. It's a really tight series, and it's a lot of fun. Enough about them. Something I did else want to talk about, um, and more to the Habs uh, sort of angle again. I know that they're not in the playoffs, whatever, but eh, we always want to talk about them. Veteran leadership. How important is it, boys? How important must it be that the Canadians go out and find an older UFA uh, and throw him a one or two year deal just to have him around to insulate the younger core that this team is um, and provide that leadership? Is this important? Do they have to go and find names that are out there? I have a laundry list of them. I can rattle off a couple names if you like. Or do they turn back to a Sean Monaghan and try to do something with him again? Or is it not really important at all? And it's you got enough guys that were on the cusp in the AHL to make the jump that you can fill out your top six and you just mm. basically go with that. What do you I, think? I've always, I've always said that you need a balance of both. However, if it will depend on who they're shipping out and if they're shipping out anybody before the season starts. So if they ship out, if they end up trading away Edmondson, he's a huge leader in the room. I mean, even Monty said it on, uh, on Ansi Sham yesterday that out of all the leaders, uh, the ones that step up and talk the most um, is Edmondson and Allen. Like, they're the ones that kind of group everybody together. They're the ones who talk the most and, and, and all of that. Um, Suzuki's more of a quiet leader. I like la- Carey Price. More of, shows the example on the ice. And Monty's in the room. So if they're going to move somebody like Edmondson, I don't think Savard would move. But if it's somebody like Savard and those types of events, then you're going to have to replace some of that veteran leadership uh, with probably... Uh, other players that would address other needs on the roster. So that's where I would say how, like, that's the importance I would put on it. You got to have a balance of both. You can't just have a team full of kids. Can't do it. You can't you can have a team full of kids. That's true. But I think veteran leadership is a little bit overrated in the sense that you, do, you don't necessarily have to go get an old guy. Like these, these kids, I think that what's more valuable, and I, I think a lot of people mistake veteran leadership with, um, playoff experience. I think you see it time and time again. These inexperienced teams go into the playoffs, they kill it in the, in the regular season, and it takes them one, two, you saw with Tampa, it takes them one, two, three years of playoff failures before they turn into the juggernaut. And I think that a lot of people kind of confuse that with that. Obviously, veteran leadership is important. You need some guys there to, to rein it in, especially in Montreal when you're dealing with the media, when you're dealing, you're going to go through some tough times and you're going to have to, you're going to lose your swagger a little bit. You're going to lose your confidence and you need those veteran guys. But that's what the coaches are for. That's what, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, I, I get that you can have veteran leadership on a team and it's important, but I don't know how important, like, I'm not for going to get a guy just because he's a veteran and you're stealing a spot away from a young kid because you need to fill that that leadership role or veteran role. Like, I don't know. They decided Nick Suzuki is their leader, right? That's who, it, who he is. He's a young guy and they decided he's good enough to be the leader of the team. They know the internal mechanics of their team. They know how it works in the locker room. So if you make that assumption that this guy, him and Caulfield, and they could come in and, and take over this team, it's nice to have veterans. It's nice to have a guy like Brendan Gallagher there to tell them, hey, don't do this. Don't get caught at this club. There's going to be media. <laughs> you know what I mean? But at the end of the day, to, to, to take spots away from the youngsters, like it, you look at that, that defensive core, for example, there were so many rookies on there. It, it, who does it benefit to say, hey, you know what? Jordan Harris, you have to sit out because we need a veteran guy in the, in the, in the, in the lineup, you know? So I don't really believe in that. Now, 
there are there is a guy that you know I'm watching that Tampa series. Speaking of, and Alex Kalorn was a free agent at the end of the year, and he's sure the is. type of guy. He's from he's from here. He's a Gutshinu, maybe not the the correct Gutshinu, but he's a Gutshinu. Uh, <laughs> this is not the right kind of Gutshinu, but he is he's from the West okay. Island. He, he's he's a playoff performer. He has that playoff experience. He has you know all the you know three cup final experience. He's a guy who's I think he's four point four five right now. Uh, probably due for an upgrade, but maybe he'll take a hometown discount to to work around. He already has his cups. He already has what what else does he need? Not, not a hometown discount in the sense of, you know, he's going to get paid a million dollars. But uh, What do you no. think he's going to get paid? Because you you took him right off the list. He was going to be the guy who was going to f- put the bow on at the end of the question. Be like, what do you think of Alex Kalorn? So it's, what- his, it's, a, it's his retirement contract. He's 33 years old. He's going to try to get as much as he can wow. now. because it's, it's, gonna, it's gonna, Not retirement per se, but it's going to be his last big contract before he starts dropping off to the, you know, mill. Uh, 850 uh, league minimum, whatever those types of deals. Like he's gonna try to. He had his had his best season I don't of know, his man. career. The guy's made 31 million dollars in his career. Like, like I, I get that. That's how people think, and the agents certainly think that way. But what's it worth to come play here in Montreal when it's not like your tail end of your career and you're just like a freaking you know a guy coming back home when you know you're you're done. You know what I mean? Like he's not done. He still has a lot to offer. This is an exciting core here. They're, they're going places in the next few years. Honestly, realistically, I could see him getting like a five five twenty five, maybe. Uh, How many years range? Uh, at, so it'll be a sixer. Oh, I don't think I don't think he gets. Six. I think That's he, I think I I think he's the type of player that you're gonna see would be like a uh, like a six year five and a half maybe five, it's a mistake seven year deal. And then, and then down the road, whoever signs into that deal, when they get to year three of that contract, they're going to be like, they're going to, oh, this, well, was, this was a mistake, yeah, right? It's, it's long. It's, and it's, you nailed it, huh? Long. Just quick, quick. He just had his best season, 64 points. Yeah. It's his best season playing with a very talented Tampa Bay. Yeah. But so, that's, you'd be wary of players like that. Like, if you're, that's, it depends I also on where. Yeah, it, 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 it depends on where you're where he's going to end up going. Sorry, Vito, I didn't mean to cut you off, but it depends on where he's, what team is going to be offering him and what. Like, there's going to be a lot of interest in Alex Killorn, but at this point, he's a proven. He, like personally, just for me, he's a he's a proven winner. He's 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 proven that he could win. He's proven he can have playoff success. He's proven he could put up points. Like, I don't know. There's something to be had there. I think that you don't necessarily need to offer him the moon for him to come to Montreal specifically. Like he would be a good fit for Montreal. And and I've, I've thought of him being on the roster. Like he would be a good fit for Montreal, but not at any cost. And not if he's, if he's, no. looking, for, if he's looking for his home run contract now because he had the best season of his career. You know, you have to be cautious because he was playing for a very talented Tampa Bay team. And I've said this just a few seconds ago. He was also on a team where there is a, uh, it's a no-tax state. Right, so his his four point five million dollars went a long way, versus if he comes to Montreal, he'd have to probably get at least about six million just to make up for what he'd be losing, especially that he had his career year. Well, that's what so, I mean. I don't know, man. Like, what are these guys doing with that money? What What is Sidney Crosby doing with eighty million dollars? You know what I mean? Like, what's he doing? What, what's he what doing with that money? That, David? What, what, is, what are some of the richest people yeah. in the world yeah. doing with all this money? I don't know about no, that. But, yeah. Prestige worldwide, Dave. Prestige no, no, worldwide. no. I get it. it, but it's generational, and I, I understand. Okay, I understand wanting to get paid, but at one point you have to have some. Some guys have to have pride in their careers, and and not only go for the money. And and you know that Alex Kalorn, 
if he goes to get paid somewhere, okay, and at a six-year contract, we're, we've already discussed it. We're, we're, it's 2023, and we've already said by 2026, 2027, he's gonna, the team is going to regret signing him to that big contract. Like, is that how you want to finish your career? Three years of just sitting there while people are blasting you and saying, ah, oh, he's finished, he's washed up. Like, are I they paying know. me six mil a year? Then I don't care. Okay, <laughs> but what if, you get, what, what if you're getting paid five a year and you're yeah. build, building towards another something to be fair, Let's, let's be fair to really? the city of Montreal. Even if you got to Montreal and signed a three-year deal, if by year one he's not performing at a 64-point pace, he's getting, he's getting ripped on. It's Montreal, fair. baby. That's fair, but at least you're playing in your hometown. At least you're playing – like. I got to think that some of these guys, I know that there's a lot of uh, people saying, you know, they, they won't come home and, and the, the pressure is too much. But Alex Killorn is all, I don't know, I, I feel like he, he'd be a perfect fit for Montreal. So I, think, I'm, I'm, I think you're Alex, right. Alex, I know I you're watching. You're right. I know you're watching. Uh, <laughs> you know, hit me up. I have uh, my boy Simon will hit you up with some good real estate around here and uh, you'll be good. You'll be good. Come sign here. Well, Alex, you just, you just want to come to the, if you want to come on this episode or uh, join this podcast. <laughs> Okay. Welcome. All right, all right, all right, all right. Trying to sell your stuff here. But uh, uh, no, I, he, I, would, he would uh, be yeah. a good fit. He would be a very good fit for the Montreal Canadiens, in my opinion. Again, uh, you know, some people are going to comment and say, hey, I wouldn't give a contract to Alex Killorn if it means a kid loses his spot. Uh, but again, chances are the Habs are going to move some of the current veterans that they have now. And they might sign, maybe, we think they might sign a veteran, another veteran that addresses another position or another need. I mean, you got a lot of guys. So one thing that that we need to come back to and, and come to, not us because we don't matter much for much. But Sean Monahan is still playing and he's still there. And when he did play here, he was a revelation and he showed a lot of talent and he showed that he was very, very still serviceable. Would you be open that if he came back, took a much reduced contract, but had some bonus structure in there about games played, for example, or something to that effect, that made him also an attractive trade piece if he can stay healthy. Do we roll the dice? Do the, do the Habs roll the dice on a guy like this, that he's already been here, they know what they had, they saw him on the ice, he's already integrated with the players, he provides veteran leadership, he does all the things that we want, he's more stopgap. You likely don't look at him in the same lens as you look as an Alex Kalorn, who if you sign, you're going to keep him here part of moving forward process. Sean Monaghan is likely going to have a shelf life here of maybe max, I don't know, two, three years, maybe, um, just given the history and the body's abuse and stuff. Is this somebody that they, they should circle back to and, and plug in? Or do they move on to a whole slew of other names that I'll get to in a second as a rapid fire, would you take or not? But first about Monaghan. What do you think? I'd take a flyer on him again if you could get him at a discount and at a one like a one year, two year deal. Like I, I'm not taking a risk on Sean Monahan. I think you said it you said it correctly. Like I don't think he's part of the just because of his injury history. Maybe he could prove you know, prove everybody wrong. Um, but there's just something there, I think, obviously. That's that's I mean it's not normal for yeah. for players like that to miss that many games. So to me, I, I would take a flyer on him for sure. Maybe you know, try it again. Try it again. What you what you plan to do this year for with Sean Monahan? Try it again next year. But it's like, at what point? You, you know, one year contract would do it for me. If you can't get him at a discount, if you can't get him on that one year, let him walk. Let him go somewhere else. It might be a mistake, but you have. It's not as if you're create. You're, you're like it's. It'd be hard to set him in that lineup anyways. You know what I mean? Like you look at the depth chart and you're like, ah, where's he gonna fit? If you want Kirby Doc playing at center, if you want, like, where's he gonna fit? One year is fine because then you can maybe move him at the deadline. You can maybe see, oh, he's overtaking. He's took a step ahead and maybe he's healthy now and you could keep him for longer. But at the end of the day, 
I don't think it's that bad of a deal if you let him walk, but I would take a flyer on him again, yeah. It, I, yeah, def, it would have to be like a prove-me contract, right? Because he's got a, his injury history is really starting to, to get pretty long. So you know, he would have to take the kind of deal where he, not only is he going to prove it to everybody else that he can still play, but to himself, right? Mm-hmm. We know that when he, when he wasn't injured, he was able to perform. He was having a great, a great stretch there. You know, he was being a, he was a good supporting cast for Nick Suzuki and all that. And you saw what happened once he went away, how how every, the whole team kind of struggled. So he can definitely still be an impact forward when healthy. Uh, but he would have to take like a one one max two year deal uh, somewhere in that two three million dollar range, and maybe add bonuses if he gets to it to, to kind of hit the, the the price point that he 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 feels he's worth. Uh, but it would definitely have to be a, a prove me contract. And at the same time, I got to add a little, it would depend what they do with somebody like Christian Dvorak so that they could open the spot for uh, Monaghan. Because if the idea, if if the rumors are true and Montreal is literally going to acquire Pierre-Luc Dubois, then they're going to have to make space for him too, right? So somebody's going to have to move to to get to acquire Dubois. Uh, and at that point, it's like, where are you slotting him? Where's Doc going to Dave's point? Where is he going to, where is he going to fit on the roster? And if you're bringing in Monaghan now, all of a sudden you've just got too many NHL caliber centers and you're going to have to just figure something out. So it would, it, you'd ha- they'd have to open a spot for him. But in addition, they're going to have to convince him to sign a cheaper contract. So there's a lot of ifs there. And that's where I, I would love to bring him back, but I just don't know if it'll happen. Okay. There's a, there was a ton of ifs there. I lost count of that. But yes, I, I'm also in agreement just to end the Monaghan debate there. Yes, I think if there's a way to make it work from a contract perspective, I think I lo- what he brought and his desire to come back, admittedly saying that he liked being here and liked what was happening here. And if he can stay healthy, I think he's an actual good addition to the team. It will make everybody be a little bit better. Um, and this isn't a bottom team, realistically, if they're not setting records for man games lost, right? So I like it. I'd be down with it. Here's a list, however, of just older players. I capped the list and ended it at the youngest gentleman on this list is 32. And they're all UFAs. And they're all of varying skill sets, if you will. Some are stopgaps. Bring them in for a year or two. Some you can see maybe being here for a little bit longer. Yay or nay, in your opinion, can you see them wearing a Montreal Canadiens jersey? And if you want to add a little piece, because I don't want this to go on forever, just a little piece about each guy, uh, feel free. So starting with the oldest guy. And again, this I didn't curate this list. I just took a list of players that are old. So some of these yeah, names, people are going to be like, <laughs> not, not quite. Old that are theoretically still playing in the NHL. Ah, gotcha. So coming in at almost 39 years old, do you see a spot for Zach Parise? No. no. Of course not. Does Eric Stahl make a return? No. No, he's retiring. Good God, no. Okay. Does Corey Perry come back? Not to Montreal. I agree, but but would you like it to happen? Obviously, yes. I would take Corey Perry. A hard beat, but but not a chance he would want to come back. No, Corey Perry's got to continue the the streak of going to teams and not winning the Stanley Cup when he gets to the teams he goes to. Fair. Okay. Paul Stastny. Um... No. Interesting. No room. Uh, Where are you gonna put him? No way. No room. Interesting, no room. but no room. Dave is right, but it's interesting. I would consider him if there's room. Okay. 
there's going to be a lot of guys like that. There's no room. Just in general. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'd like that. That'd be cool. Okay. But, okay. Yeah, no. Ryan Reeves. I think Ryan Reeves. I really like Ryan Reeves, to be honest. He's, he's my type of guy. You know, I liked him in St. Louis. I like him. I like, I like what he brings to the table. I think he's an exciting guy. He'd probably be a fan favorite here. Um, I I don't see it happening, but I'd take it. No, no, probably not. I, I'd like to see, I like, I'd like to see I, two flights at once with him and Jack. I <laughs> both going at it against other people. That'd be fun. Yeah. I, I like the swagger he brings and that toughness. And he's kind of like, uh, he knows he's the heavyweight in the, in the league and, and the guy to beat. But I mean, other than that, no, okay. I, don't, I, don't, I don't spend the money on him. Fair, fair. Fill the thrill castle. Yes. God no. <laughs> God no. Guys, what, what, he doesn't what, miss bad games. The guy he doesn't miss games. The, the guy's playing on the, on the first line and a Stanley Cup contending team. Oh, and he sucks now. <laughs> That's what, what, your what, opinion. He's not putting up 40 goals. But no. the guy who what is he going to bring? He brings no leadership. He brings no foot speed anymore. The guy he, he's going to rub off. Everyone's going to play eighty-two man games. It's true. I feel like if he comes to the to the team, all he's going to bring is be a target for the team for the buses chops in the room. That's, no, he's that's, that's more of a Toronto thing. I think that happened there. I, if anything, if anything, they need to sample his genome to find out what makes this guy the Iron Man because it is it is remarkable. Just what it's not guy, going. It's not going to the corners and just going up and down. Up and <laughs> just down, never, up and down. ever, ever get hurt. Okay, okay, Phil. Nick Foligno. No, too many injuries. His back seems, uh, from everything we're hearing, is yeah, like no, that's a definite, no, no, definitely no. I, no. I agree. Okay, here's 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 finally getting to a name that I am <laughs> interested in. Jonathan Taves. No. Okay, so. Jonathan Taves, okay. I think from a leadership perspective, will be fantastic for the Canadians because he's honestly one of the best no captains of all kidding. time. Okay. But I, given that he's a Manitoba boy and he's from Winnipeg, if Winnipeg is going to lose Pierre-Luc Dubois, they're going to need a stopgap till they figure things out, and I think he would just head home. So you That's think Jonathan Taves next season is a Winnipeg Jet? I would think so, yeah. I think there's a strong, strong chance that he's a Winnipeg Jet. Okay, okay. I think Taves on the Haz would be awesome. Personally, I can't see it either. It doesn't really make much sense. Yeah, he's still I, young-ish that he's got another I think he's years. got some game. He just doesn't have the game he had before, but he's got, he still has some game in him. The only thing yeah. that, that I'm truly concerned is we, we've heard and it's been known that he's, he's still suffering from like long-term COVID effects and some other yeah. injuries. There, he, so. has he has to be healthy. He has to be healthy. I mean, you know, that's a given. But yeah, okay. Uh why? Why even say this guy? But he's UFA and he's in the age bracket. Milan Lucic. No, pass. He can't pass. even keep up to the game anymore. Okay, easy there. Have you ever even been in the game? From judging people like this, easy. This is what we do. We judge. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, Patrick Kane. Wow. Of course, I mean, but he's gonna stay in the yeah. New York area. Yes, but you gotta figure, right? You gotta figure. Yeah, I'd say so. But too. absolutely, but he's gonna stay in the New York area. Does Kent Hughes give him a call? No. Not um, even a call. Hi, Patty. How you doing? Montreal. Any interest? No, nothing. Yeah, I could see them giving him a call. There's not a chance that he comes here, but I could see no, him giving him a call. Yeah. Why not? Max Pacioretty. Yes. Yes. For what? Right, right the wrong. <laughs> right the wrong. Right the right wrong. Right the wrong. 
For what he's gonna he's gonna come? What's he gonna bring to this? To he this was team? captain. He he's gonna he bring leadership. Leader. He hasn't talk about veteran leadership. That's what Max he hasn't been knows. healthy in like no, that's it. seasons. That's it. That's you terrible, got him on the cheap. Terrible, terrible fit for Montreal. Uh, he'll be in the uh, trainer's room all, all every single day. Yep. I think. Uh, yep. But in theory, I, I like it a lot. The guy, look, he came back for what three games, put up six points or something like this year. Uh, it's not bad. You know, he, he the guy did obviously score. Out. So we want to we people want to shoot Anderson out of the team because he's a north south player. Yeah, and he does they're more, not gonna be relying they're not point. gonna be relying on Max Pacioretty. He's not gonna be a core part of this team. He's gonna be playing bottom six minutes and I'm I'm putting up same line as Gallagher. You think, yeah. so. you think so? Carolina, when they acquired him, they hoped that they could have put him in this in their top six. Yeah, okay. They they obviously didn't understand the extent of his injury, and they didn't understand. <laughs> so Vito's, Vito's very much a no. Dave is very much a yeah, for sure. Why not? I I really enjoyed. I like Been there, Max Pacioretty a lot. I like Max Pacioretty a lot. I think he brought a lot to the table, and you know, uh, I think that. Okay. He, I mean, I think at this point in his career, it's probably unrealistic because I think that. Okay, so much let, let's let's bring them all back. Let's get Lars Eller back. Let's get Galchenyuk Lars back. Lars Eller. Do you want Lars Eller? He's in the bracket. Lars Eller. No. Okay. Here, here. Some. Okay. The last we had Alex Kalorn on the list. There's three names left, and we'll move on here just from rapid fire. The last three I find are actually interesting, legitimately interesting. James Van Riemsdyk. No. 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 I mean, maybe you could help that stupid power play down the line. You know, maybe you could provide some insight. He would be fine. It's just like where do you put these guys? And 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 I know I it, that's the answer to like literally every single player you 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 name. So it, I can't answer that every time. But legitimately, like if you really want to legitimately consider James Van Riems, like like where where do you put them? Like who do you who go? Like you're gonna have to make a ton of room to get rid of these guys uh, to 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 make room yeah. for him. And yeah. is he a type of guy? Like he's a type of guy that if the Habs end up blowing up and 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 making a ton of moves in the off season and he's left over. They pick him up, fantastic move. I think. I think that could help. They could help, but to like target James Van Riemsdyk because he's a veteran leader, I don't know. He can't be worse than Mike Hoffman. Well, I mean, Mike Hoffman had promise, right? Mike Hoffman, you, you kind of thought maybe there's a world where he can go back to scoring thirty goals when they when they first acquired him. I thought it was too late at that time, but he was linked to the Habs for like years before that too. Like, there's just Mike Hoffman. You could see there's something there. James Van Riemsdyk is old. Like no offense, but like his 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 heyday was with the Leafs, and that was like thirty four. Yeah, okay, but like his the way he plays, old right? Like 34. that big body yeah. in front of he's, the he's an old thirty four. Like, that's an old okay. thirty four. Okay, Gustav Nyquist. That's interesting. Was linked before. Yeah, it, it, interesting. But like, I have to pass because where are you going to fit him? Right, he's a center. He's enough he's with you guys. Where do they fit? Okay, well, that's a... scratch that. If, no, but you found, if they just they just got a spot, they have a spot. Do you like the player? Do you like the game? Does it make sense? You got to at least factor money, but yeah. forget the spot. Imagine they have a spot. It wouldn't throw me. You know, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be heartbroken if they if they if they made that move. But I just eh. doesn't move your needle. Doesn't move your <laughs> needle. <laughs> okay, last one, uh, and this one also I find super fascinating. Ryan O'Reilly is UFA. Oh yeah, for sure. If you can get yeah. Ryan O'Reilly, but I mean I don't think that's gonna happen. But uh, if you can get Ryan O'Reilly, he's gonna be, get paid, man. Like talk about guys getting paid, he's gonna get paid. Man. Do you prefer Ryan O'Reilly 
or Pierre Luc Dubois? Line alive. Oh. oh. <laughs> Give me PLD all day, every day. He's twenty. He's twenty-five years old. Okay. okay. Last. This is the last topic. Then fight. Tell me why Pierre Luc Dubois and not Ryan O'Reilly, and tell me why Ryan O'Reilly not Pierre Luc Dubois. Uh, I like Ryan O'Reilly. I think he has a more complete, rounded game. I think what he brings defensively, you see it a little bit. Uh, you know, the, he can win face-offs. He could, he's a center. He's, uh, he, he could score. And just, like, he's transformed that when he's in the lineup. When, when, when he didn't miss a, a bunch of times, he's transformed that league team a lot. I think, you know, he, he has that cup uh, ring that we talk about. The, the, whereas Dubois comes with question mark after question mark. Did he quit on his coach in Columbus? Did he quit on his team in Winnipeg? Um, how come his point total total hasn't been, you know, fantastic for a guy with that, you know, third pick over, selected third overall guy who's, you know, he's a gut she knew. They, they tend, you know, again, don't want to, like, when you rely on a guy like that, when they come here, not always the best result. He he's, doesn't have to seem, seem to have the character necessarily. There's question marks. And again, this is all, character. um, this is all conjecture i guess because like i don't know the guy personally so i don't know but if I, i'm looking at this and i'm seeing red flag red flag red flag the potential is there but so was the potential not there with jonathan point was the potential not like uh, absolutely the potential is there with jonathan point right everybody it's all i'm not saying it's the same situation at all pelly is going to be a much better player going forward than jonathan point is i just if you're if you're you know ryan o'reilly to me as a third line center guy who could move up, you saw him. He could play on the first line. He could play on the third line. He could he could do pretty much everything. He's well rounded. He brings that veteran leadership. He brings that playoff experience, and he brings that cup ring. I think he's the whole package in sense. Uh, so I would pick Ryan O'Reilly. Over Six Kelly. years older though. And yeah, but you could probably get him for cheaper than like Pierre Luc Dubois is going to get paid. You know what I mean? It's going to be I don't know. Fair, it, fair. Like you. <clears throat> He's ready to jump. Look at him. Look at him. Yeah, he's ready. jump. jump he, just, he, just he looked up ahead. something. He's got stats. Get ready. No, 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 oh, I, didn't look get ready. I didn't look up anything. Ryan O'Reilly's going to be 33 years old mid midway through next season. signing him to like a 10-year contract. You know what I mean? But the guy's and he, looking for, he's going to be looking to get his big payday. Well, that, like, that's, that's another question. That, that wasn't part of the question, though. Like, I get that. I get that point. Like, I, that's why I okay, don't so think it's realistic for him coming here. He wouldn't want to come either. Yeah, he won't. He's going to probably take a discount to stay in Toronto before he comes here, or he'll go back to St. Louis. Okay, so okay. I would take PLD over over Ryan O'Reilly in a heartbeat. Age is a factor. Okay. Age is a factor with Ryan O'Reilly, uh, especially for Montreal. By the time Montreal gets competitive, where, where you can uh, take advantage of Ryan O'Reilly's leadership, uh, his playoff pedigree, all of those things, they're gonna. He's gonna be what? 35, 36 years old at that point. Like it's it's already getting too far down the line. Now with Pierre Luc Dubois, he's just entering what they call the prime years of his career. Like I think his coming out party is coming soon, and I want Montreal to be a part of that coming out party. In addition, you're looking at, at somebody like Pierre Luc Dubois, where you know quite, people question him quitting on his team. He didn't quit on the Winnipeg Jets either. He's not quitting on them. In fact, he's performing in the playoffs with an injury. Right, so it's not like he's saying, "Oh no, he's sulking like I don't want to play for the Winnipeg Jets." He's just saying, "I'd rather go home." Like it's it's his right as a player to say, "I want to go home." Will it happen? We don't know. Like he wants to play in Montreal. That's the rumors that's out there that he wants to. You play don't in think that that's quitting on your team to say, I, I, "I'm a guy who wants to go home." 
Like what? Well, no, because at the end, it's not from California. Two years into his Montreal thing, not, starts not playing well. But, he's not quitting on Montreal. He just wants to go be with his girlfriend. He's not. Like, that, that's, he just wants that's to go home. Like, that, that, that's that's <laughs> exactly it's, his He's fulfilling his contract. He's fulfilling his contract, and then saying at the end of his contract, there are t- other teams that I prefer to be at than Winnipeg. With the Winnipeg Jets. Every player has done that. Most players have done. You think every player has been a, a Sydney Crosby that says, "Hey, I got, I'm going to be a Pittsburgh Penguin for life," or "Hey, I'm going to be." I don't think we hear too pick. much of guys wanting to go to a specific team three years before their contract is up. That's people saying, oh, it's an absolute lock that he's going there. Like, And then all of a sudden his play drops and you start questioning his character. I don't think that's happened too many. If you could name me one more time where that's happened. And, and, then and you, then, as a Montreal Canadian fan, wouldn't I, you be excited and happy to say, there's a player that is dying to come here and he's no. a guy from here. I would be. I'd look at it and say, it's about time somebody you wants don't think, to come here. You don't think Jonathan Dwayne would probably want to come here? Maybe he did. You don't know that he didn't want to necessarily he come here. The guy who came here got McDonald's commercials, got all sorts of things right off the bat. He was probably very Stole excited to Brandon come here. Good... That oh, sandwich sucked. Okay. So did Yeah, exactly. Uh, th- but what I mean is that like that's exactly the definition of character. Just if you don't want to be someplace, you still give it a hundred percent of your thing. That's what character is. It's not just I, like, oh, I'm gonna take it off because I I, I want to go home. Like that's I, to me, that's the definition of questionable character. D- listen, I'm giving the, I'm giving Pierre Dubois the benefit of the doubt because both teams weren't teams that he had a like. He's playing in the NHL, right? You want to as a as as a as a hockey player, that's your dream is to play in the NHL. Gets drafted to the Columbus Blue Jackets under Torts, and we all know that not every player fits into Torts' system. Fine. We Fair. all know that. Fair. Red flag number many, one. Many, many players gonna... have literally bailed on Torts because of the way his coaching style is. In fact, heck, I would even argue that the Philadelphia Flyers right now probably want to bail on Torts, but we'll see. Fair. Then he gets traded to the Winnipeg Jets, which it wasn't something he said or planned. It just That's what happened. Now he gets there. And there's a leadership issue. Right off the bat, there's a leadership issue. They're stripping captaincies. Uh, Mark Shifley's getting getting off a ton of heat. Him and Blake Wheeler. Who knows what he's going into? And he's still a coach just randomly resigns in the middle of the season. Like it's it's a weird scenario for him to go to. And, and let's face it. Fact, eh. Qu- question. Okay, so two questions here. First off, okay. Um, I like what he said. There, there. You say that. Oh. Uh, it wasn't his choice to leave. You knew that Pierre Dubois was getting traded somewhere. It, it was the exact situation last time. But I remember being yep. in the CJAD newsroom and debating with Matt O'Hayen, where is Pierre Dubois going to go? Are we going to? What should the Habs give up to go get Pierre Dubois from Columbus? Do you guys not remember that? That was the exact situation. It was the same thing. He did not want to play in Columbus anymore. And who got him? It was. Pa- it wasn't Patrick Lang who wants to leave uh, Winnipeg. It was. That's what they gave up to get Pierre Dubois, who wanted to leave Columbus. Well, so, hold on so a second. It was, it was the exact no. situation. Don't say that he got traded out of nowhere. That's not what happened. He no, that's not what I'm saying. That he, mm. I didn't say he got, that he got traded out of nowhere. But, however, when you're saying Liney, there was rumors Liney wanted out. Like he was being bullied in the room and all those okay, things. But, okay, he but was, put that aside. So when you look at that, the stars kind of aligned. You're like star player who's a former second overall pick and former third overall pick. Let's make it work. It, it wasn't right? that, though, Vito. It wasn't, oh, Patrick, uh, Dubois is going to be linked because Lining wants out. It was, where is Dubois going to go? That's what the narrative was back then. I could go get article after article of what the Canadians should give up to get Pierre-Luc Dubois back when he was leaving Columbus. Secondly, secondly, what does that say about his character, that he goes to a new team and all of a sudden all the things you list 
continue either continue to happen or still happen. This guy is someone you want to be framing your young guys, and the, the, and he couldn't fix what's going on in Winnipeg, or who knows? But is it a coincidence that all that stuff happened when as soon as he got was, into the Hold on a second. Oh, I love how you're spinning this. These I'm not spinning it happening. though. Okay, these but, things were already happening. Okay, and they shipped they shipped Line out and they bring in Dubois. This guy is supposed to be a core part of your team, and he obviously did absolutely zero to fix that room. So again, goes speaks the character. But some guys are not meant are not made to be the ones that come into a room. Deal is that who you want to do? Like Shane Weber and fixing the room. Is that who you want to do? Shane Weber came in and posed as one of sense and and became the captain and the leader that everybody. Pierre-Luc Dubois, if your expectations are that he comes in and he's going to be another leader or become the captain or the assistant captain, then your maybe your expectations are, are wrong. He's supposed to come in, be an impact forward, and he's going to come in and be productive, probably have his breakout year because he's already progressing statistically, and he's got that talent to be able to say, I have him on a team, he's a piece of the puzzle. And, when you, and on the contrary, when we brought in somebody like Jonathan Drouet, right, they brought him in to be the guy, and he was always just a piece of the puzzle. But you now, could argue that that Winnipeg brought him in to be the guy too. Well, you could argue that Winnipeg thought he would be an important part or just a piece of the puzzle because they had Shifley, they had Wheeler, they had. You can argue this. This story has already been told. It's already you saw it. It didn't go well in Columbus. He asked for a trade, or he. he it was heavily rumored that he asked that for a trade. Kid. He moved. He, it's been three years. Like, come on, gentlemen. I, I, and the exact Gentlemen, same please. thing is happening. The exact same thing is happening right now. This history has repeated itself almost identically. Okay. And then you're so expecting to come to Montreal, and everything's going to be there's going to be no problem at all because he's a good Shinu because he lives here. And and the Montreal market is going to rip. You talk about ripping apart when it, let's say he doesn't have that breakout year, and they start ripping him. You think he's just going to be like, oh man, I'm so happy to be here. I'm going to persevere. Or is he, you're going to hear stories of, oh man, Pierre-Luc Dubois is not as happy as he was here. And I, then, fool listen, me once, listen, fool listen. me twice. How many times are you going to be fooled? Hold on a second here. So the correct answer, right? <laughs> the correct answer is you get both of them. But that aside, that aside, and since it cannot happen, I'm not going to pick one or the other. I think there's pros and cons to both of them. I think I'd be very happy with either of these guys. The Ryan O'Reilly factor to me is more about, I think he brings elements that like David's suggesting Pierre-Luc Dubois might not bring. That that character, that, that hard nose, that he doesn't wear the visor thing. Like this is a throwback kind of guy. Like, you know what I mean? Like he's that kind of guy. And you can, like Dave said, he could come in and play third line. He can play first line. He kind of goes up and down all over the place and he just makes your team better. Now, you bring Pierre-Luc Dubois, if Pierre-Luc Dubois ends up being the guy that Vito's suggesting he's going to be, then obviously that will make the team even better. And But he is only going to sit on that top line. This guy's not dropping anywhere. He's a top-line winger, top scorer, is, is a completely different angle. He's not going to come, probably, and get a letter thrown on him. Maybe not right away anyways, for sure. Well, for sure not right away, I'd imagine. But maybe he just progresses center, as he's, winger, he's much younger. You know, so uh, yeah, he's a uh, sentiment, yeah, but um, it's a different element. You're getting a whole different kind of character. You're getting like a, a, a you know, like a, a guy who comes in and is just capable of just burying the puck. And yeah, he's going to be able to speak to French media because he's got because he, he speaks French, and there's that element as well. So he'll be a bit more of a, a maybe a media darling. But Ryan O'Reilly has some zingers out there also. He he speaks to the media. I mean, they're just they're both. 
different, but they're both going to add elements to the team that if you manage to get either of them, you're going to make the Montreal Canadiens a better team. The, the little caveat here that we're not really addressing, we're not really talking, and we're way over the time that we were going to do this episode, but the little piece is the money and the term. Yeah. That will be dramatically different between the two of them, and who you end up getting will change wow. probably based on who you draft this year and where you get that lottery. It'll change based on uh, you know what else is available and surprise deals that come out, out of left field. We hear that Kent Hughes and, and Gordon are going to be very active at the trade deadline, uh, trade deadline, and the offseason and, and at the draft. So all of those things will precipitate which direction they go. But I think we could both agree, even Dave that either of these guys coming here make the team better. Yes. I, think, I think Dave hates Pierre-Luc Dubois. I don't hate Pierre-Luc Dubois. He I, I don't hate, think he hates him. I, he just I, sees I, it as a cautionary tale. I Like, what happens... So my last question is this. What happens if the Jets decide, hey, we're going to trade. We don't like we, we don't like this whole Montreal... We, you have a year left on your contract. We trade you to Carolina or another team, whatever, for the last year of your contract. And he puts up another 57, 60-point season. You can see he's playing, but not great. Are you still want him as a free agent to come to Montreal again? Now that's three teams. But under your uh, argument, it's because he wants to come home. So that's why he's not playing well. Now it's three teams. He's, he's, I'm not saying that that's what I find he's, he is playing well. He's putting up the numbers. He's putting up the stats. He is playing well. In Winnipeg, he was playing well. He was. It's not like he wasn't playing well in Winnipeg. He hasn't hit 30 goals. He, he's, 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 he's maxed out at 62 points. Like... Okay, like I get that it's it, he would be a great addition. Well, to don't point get pace. me wrong. Okay, but the pace is to me. Don't talk to me about pace. You know what I mean? Like, don't talk to me. About don't pace. talk to Dave about pace. You heard it here, ladies and gentlemen. On that note, we have to wrap it up. Thank you for the heated debate. I should have led with that one. I didn't realize you guys were both so passionate about your your respective players here. But uh, for everybody who's stick to the end of this rather long episode, we definitely appreciate your attention and and you spending the time with us. Again, like, subscribe, all that jazz. I'm not going into the whole spiel. You know what to do at this point. Um, and definitely leave us a comment. I think the big comment now we would love to hear is, what would you do? Uh, would you take Ryan O'Reilly or would you take Pierre-Luc Dubois and why? And on that happy, happy note, for Vito and Dave, I'm Matt. And this was Get Pucked.